Hi, this is Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks for taking a minute to listen in. In a moment, I'll share with you some valuable information about this topic. Los Angeles real estate agents may now show properties again. If you see any properties that are of interest to you, let us know. We will gladly send you a property information packet on any loft, condo, or house, or we will arrange for a private preview upon request. If you have a home you'd like to sell, you should know that I will guarantee the sale of your present home at a price acceptable to you, or I'll buy it for cash. This guarantee will allow you to buy your next home without worrying about selling your present home. To find out how much you could sell your home for, call me at 213-880-9910 now. So I just read on another real estate blog that the mayor has announced that real estate agents may now resume showing properties. Um, From the things that I had read um, coming from the um, city hall and the state and the feds and the constitution uh, we were always allowed to show properties provided we you know tried to do so in a in a safe way so um but anyway opening up is good we got to give uh garcetti a tiny bit of credit for specifying apparently the problem is, we, we, some, you know, the, we see these reports that are secondhand, and they're not always right. So, you just have to do the best you can do. Um, in fact, a lot, a lot of information has not been right. <laughs> I just watched another video from the Stanford University uh, director of epide- epidemiology, uh, John Ioannidis. So we're putting that on the Loft blog, LA Loft blog, because he just clarified one more time why we should open up immediately. It is, the data is in, and it's more dangerous to drive your car than to do anything to risk getting coronavirus. So for most people, they're more likely to die in a car accident than to die of coronavirus. And uh, of course, it's absolutely false, the reports that say much more people uh, are dying of coronavirus than what we reported. That's uh, extremely wrong, extremely dishonest. Those people are all utterly failing to look at the comorbidity of coronavirus. This is a COVID-19 has killed almost zero people uh, unless they already had another disease. If you just take a look at it, uh, (laughs) it kills so few people that they won't even tell us because they want everyone to be alarmed and panicked. And 
their reasons would be that they want people to take precautions. But there's other reasons. The World Health Organization wants power. I mean, there is no conspiracy required when it comes to power and money. <laughs> if someone's in power, we know they like power. We know they probably like power if they're in power. There's no conspiracy required for that. If they're in power, and we know they probably like power, we know that they have a motivation, whether they even know it or not, to want more power. So there's nothing strange or weird or conspiratory about that. It's just a natural law. Same thing with, like, with money. We know most people need money, they want money, they have uses for money, they have something in their head that they want to buy with money, they either want to help themselves to something or they want to help their family members, their, their loves, their friends, uh, they want to help unfortunate people with money, but they, most people are motivated with money whether they admit it or not. Most people are motivated to get money whether they know it or not. So, that's why whenever someone tells you something, you always have to think of what are their motivations. And if, it's a, if they have a political position, then you already know that most likely is that they want to, usually they want to keep that political position and, uh, and if possible, increase it, improve it. So when the World Health Organization issues guidelines, uh, we can assume they're trying to do the right thing uh, to improve health globally, that they probably want to achieve, uh, you know, the best world health possible. But when they're with an uh, organization that deals in many billions of dollars, we already know that they have motivation to the tunes of, tune of billions of dollars of money and power. It's a given. So, uh, you can ass assume that they're probably trying to do the best, but you can assume that there is corruption. Because there's always corruption. Whenever you have human beings and billions of dollars and political power, and the World Health Organization has so much political power that they were able to basically, almost single-handedly, destroy the world economy. They have so much power that they were able to, with just the help of a few friends like Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and so forth, they were able to destroy the United States economy. I've talked to people who were very intelligent who said, no, they're not going to look at all the 
results. No, they're not going to look at the ramifications. No, they're not going to look at the comorbidities. No, they're not going to look at um, the politics. They're not going to look at the worldview. They're not going to look at the big picture. They refuse. So this is common. People will choose what they want to look at. They have a goal in mind. My goal is, well, for this deal is to express myself, number one, right now. Number two, to help buyers and sellers, renters, landlords, and investors to improve their finances and their way of life, to have a place to live, to call home, that they love and uh, yeah, the money and power as much as possible to help as many people as possible, which I'm working on every day. That's why we uh, tell people every day that we're raising money for Children's Hospital Los Angeles on a mission to raise $25,000. We've raised, um, what, $3,400, somewhere around $3,400 or so. So, do I want a yacht? No. Do I want a mansion? No. this way. Come on, let's go in the shed over here. Puppy whoppy. No, come on. Okay. So anyway, the World Health Organization, they have their goals and they have their focus. And their focus is definitely not to tell people about comorbidities. Their focus is to cause as much alarm as possible. That's obvious, clearly, what their goal is at the moment. And they're probably not going to give that up because they have succeeded in getting YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Google to remove all opposing viewpoints that oppose the World Health Organization and to spread, I think for free, the guidelines dictated by the World Health Organization, which is not an American organization. So, Censorship. It's more important for them to censor than it is to tell the truth. That's where we have a major, major, major problem with the World Health Organization. That censoring is important and it's important to hide the truth about comorbidity. 
which means they want to hide the truth. Uh, Dr. Burks, President Trump's one of the doctors, uh, admitted that uh, they don't need to be saying that everything is coronavirus, but she did it in doublespeak. She didn't just come forward and say, oh yeah, um, you know, we want to cause as much alarm as possible, you know, to make up for the fact that we're going to miss a few corona, you know, reporting a few coronavirus cases, so we kind of need to, you know, add to it. We got to, we have to fluff it up. We got to um, make it as much as possible, the coronavirus deaths. And so it's so extreme that nearly 100% of the people that died from coronavirus uh, reported had uh, other um, ailments, other diseases, these comorbidities. And most of them had, the vast majority of them had multiple comorbidities. The mass, vast majority of people who said that they died of coronavirus had multiple life-threatening diseases. And we can infer that most people who they say died of coronavirus died of these other diseases. Example is the young girl just announced a few days ago she died of coronavirus. And I'm like, well, I mean, they've already admitted that um, kids don't tend to get this particular COVID-19 um, in a deadly form of illness. So what's up with that? And you read it, and she, she said, oh, by the way, she also had meningitis. Meningitis is one of the most deadly things for, for many children. So, I mean, we already know on face value, and doctors have spoken up about this, more and more doctors every day. I've heard at least five different doctors. Those are just the ones that are brave enough to overcome the extreme pressure and censorship, uh, worse than pressure, um, you know, threatened with loss of their jobs and so forth. Uh, one of them did more, did more or less did lose his job for coming forward. Um, what me just me just telling my viewpoint and what I have um, understood from the data that I've read from the doctors that I've listened to and the data that's been given statistics that have been given by the government and the World Health Organization and everybody else. And it, it's very clear that the comorbidity is the main problem here. The World Health Organization and the federal government, United States government, and I think probably the American Medical Association and all those decided that if coronavirus 
might have been involved, we're going to say it is a coronavirus death, and we're going to ignore the fact that their other ailments may have caused the death. So what does that have to do with real estate and investment? It's that bit of obfuscation, that bit of a lack of disclosure. Um, But it's more than a lack of disclosure. It's a deliberate um, misrepresentation. It's common sense from someone like me who is at least somewhat of an authority in communications with many decades of experience in the profession and degree that that should always be disclosed thoroughly, completely, and honestly, openly that if somebody may have died from coronavirus, then that's the way it needs to be worded. They may have died from coronavirus. There's a possibility that they died from coronavirus. They, They ostensibly died of coronavirus. It's basic communications, and those people know how to communicate. Therefore, they, they definitely have crossed the line into dishonesty. Dishonesty for the purpose of creating alert and or panic. They've made it clear that the economy is either not important to them or that they prefer a bad economy. We give them the benefit of the doubt that they think the economy is not nearly as important as what their goals are. But the fact that they purposely omit and obfuscate the comorbidities is evidence of malice. So that's why everybody should be asking, why aren't you fully disclosing the comorbidities? Everybody should be asking, why are you covering that up? Why are you glossing it over? Why are you hiding it? Why do you think it's not important? Why do you think it Why are you not phrasing it properly? Why are you not communicating fully? Why are you not communicating properly? Those are the things that people should be asking about the comorbidities. And the five doctors that I've listened to who agree with me, most of them have brought that up, comorbidities. Meaning that People who they mark as dying of coronavirus uh, 
died from other, other things. There's a good chance they may have died from coronavirus, and there's a good chance they may have primarily died from other causes. And there's an especially good chance that the other diseases compromised their immune system or otherwise compromised their health, which caused them to die from a virus that is not very lethal. That's something that almost everybody can agree on, and that's the way that it should always be phrased, but they're not phrasing it that way. They're almost always leaving that out. So the panic and the resulting crash, and as I mentioned, someone who under, also understands, uh, I'm not a, obviously not a medical doctor. I'm just someone who knows how I know data. I know research and statistics. I've studied them all in college. I've used them all in work. In uh, marketing administration and journalistic activities, media, advertising for decades. So, the good news about the truth is it eventually percolates out. The good news is that the damage that's done does have a silver lining. That um, challenges do have rewards. Everything is for a purpose. So that's pretty much all there is to say about pretty much all there is to say about that. Walking up the hill as usual, Elysian Park in Los Angeles with uh, Zizix, the puppy weppy. Uh, it's pretty nice out. Downtown looks a little bit hazy. But the sun is shining. It's a late afternoon. And I actually have to turn around and go back. Because someone's coming to pick up a, a uh, vacuum cleaner. In... 25 minutes. We gotta go back home, Wappy Pup, because someone's coming to pick up the vacuum cleaner. So we have to turn around and go home. We have a property in escrow. One of the tenants has moved out and he wants to come and vacuum. He didn't, he didn't have a vacuum cleaner, apparently. So, uh, what else is there to say about that? Um, that's it. 
we can blame the World Health Organization for destroying the world economy. And the only thing to add to that is the suffering, emotional, mental, and the deaths that will occur will be significantly worse than the coronavirus. The reason? Because of their focus without looking at the big picture. They are so power-driven, that's evidence that they are either money-hungry or more likely power-hungry, that uh, it obscured, that's evidence that it obscured their ethics at the World Health Organization. It obscured their ethics so badly that the world is now going to have the worst economic crisis in history and have more deaths and destruction than what the virus could have caused. Because we now know that that virus is no more deadly than the seasonal flu. It was confirmed again. Um, confirmed, completely confirmed by the data at Stanford University from Stanford University, Stanford University's Director of Epidemiology, John Ioannidis, just today. So that should tell us something. We need to keep an eye on the big picture at all times, not get corrupt by a narrow focus of goals. We got to have a narrow focus. We got to have goals. At the same time, we got to keep both eyes open to the whole picture and keep our mind open to the whole picture. And because we're keeping our whole mind open to the ways to take advantage of these disasters, to make the most of it, to help our family and friends and others in need. We're going to be, we have spent quite a bit of time on investments and uh, and other opportunities that arise out of this. So, um, I've spent other podcasts, audio podcast times talking about the, what these economic repercussions are, which, as I mentioned, in some ways will be much worse than the Great Depression. In other, in other ways, not nearly as bad as the Great Depression because it's not the same. It's, this is 2020. We have more technology. We have more resources. And there's other differences. Nevertheless, those things about the economy is going to be devastated. It's going to get worse and worse. The stock market, people think, is recovering miraculously. Well, it hasn't begun to crash yet, hardly. Because what they do is when, they, <laughs> when the companies and investment houses, brokerages, 
investors and and uh, investment and analysts start looking at the numbers, they're going to be seeing worse and worse and worse numbers. That causes the stock that forces the stock market down. There's no way around that. No matter how much money they print. Now we already know that since they're down to zero percent interest, when the natural interest rate it should be around five to six percent. So we already know there's a five percent um, misallocation of all debt and all savings or lack thereof, which is debt. is off by 5% plus that percentage compounds over time. So the longer they, they stay at this 0%, the more that it compounds exponentially, which, so there is a 100% chance that either interest rates need to go up to about 10% or that something is going to force that hand, such as massive runaway inflation. Uh, they've more or less, the Fed has more or less admitted that they are going to, without saying it, they have admitted they're going to cause inflation because they have said that they have unlimited, uh, there is no limit to how much quantitative easing that they will do. Quantitative easing is the modern day equivalent to printing money. It has um, the mechanics are a little bit different, but the end result is largely the same as printing money. It either misallocates it or causes, uh, ends up with inflation or both. Usually both. When you have misallocation and inflation, you have stagflation. You have stagnation of the economy and inflation. So that's almost a 100% chance of that stagflation happening, but it, takes, it can take many, many, many years. That's what they're counting on. That's what Trump's counting on, is that he will no longer be president for many years by the time that total collapse happens, <laughs> because they're kicking the can down the road, but unfortunately the can's getting bigger, the can of debt. Come, sweetie puppy. And so the main thing about this, the lesson that will ultimately be learned is uh, computers and robots have not replaced human labor, human resources, capital, and it never will because uh, there's always going to be things that either a robot and computer are not good at or that humans want to do. Um, and just because a human or robot can do it does not mean that all people are eliminated from it because people will be able to do a more creative, handcrafted version of what computers can do. So people will always be able to compete with computers and 
robots on some level. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, there is um, uh, paying people to not work is a major problem. It's a far worse problem than what most people realize because uh, you're losing money in three different ways when you pay people to not work. Not only are you spending the money for them to not work, you're spending money for them to not work, but you are causing less production to happen, and then you're having all the other problems and issues that arise out of that, such as uh, cascade.